CFL fans, are you ready? Because it's time for the Canadian Football Countdown on Mike FM Winnipeg. Canadian Football Countdown starts now! Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop, and welcome one and all to our Week 15 CFL Preview Show, talking all the games in Week 15. Yes, we're at Week 15. Still amazed every single week about how far along and how quick the season moves along. Seems like just yesterday... We're, uh, we're spending six hours watching the Long Live the Night Bowl between the Bombers and the Eskimos to kick off the season. But nonetheless, Week 15 is here. Uh, week 14, uh, well, I didn't get a chance to catch any of the games, unfortunately, due to a busy weekend. From the highlights and, you know, the social media browsings I did see, seemed like a pretty crazy weekend in the CFL. Especially, especially some of those games, uh, that Calgary-Hamilton game, which had... Pretty much everything you could imagine in it. I mean, punt blocks, punt returns, turnovers, you name it. Uh, great CFL as teams uh, ramp up and try to, you know, get themselves in a playoff spot. And for some of the teams, such as Calgary Stampeders, try to clinch themselves a playoff spot, which, yes, they can do this week, despite not even playing a game this week. Um, you know, if a certain combination I don't have in front of me, all I know is, yes... Calgary can clinch a playoff spot this week. Uh, if you're looking on the podcast feeds and wondering where our week 14 recap episode is, fortunately there is none this week. Uh, Mike was all set to record it, but had a family situation come up. Uh, so Mike had to take the week off from the podcast this week. And uh, we wish him and his family nothing but the best. And uh, he should be back next week with a week 15 recap. Four games on the schedule again this week, and a triple header at that. Uh, so I'm going to go through. It's going to be shorter than usual because don't have too much time to sit down and record this right now. Very busy with the uh, with the final semester of school ramping up and taking a lot of courses. Uh, but I'll go through each of these games, give Mike some my pick for each one, and then uh, at the end of the podcast here, yes, I will be joined. By a guest this week, uh, finally get back on track with the guests, and uh, Tim Capper of the Alouette's Flight Deck Podcast was kind enough to join me earlier tonight to uh, to sit down talk Bombers versus Alouette's, so stay tuned a little later on in this episode that we will have that interview with Tim Capper. Before we get into the games, the Canadian Football Countdown is a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Check out all of the other great Canadian Football Podcast Network shows at cfpodnetwork.ca and at cfpodnetwork on Twitter. Well, as I mentioned, there's a triple header in Week 15 on Saturday, but it all kicks off Friday night here in Winnipeg with the Montreal Alouettes coming to town, uh, the Bombers coming off a bye week uh, after losing four straight going into it, uh, sit now last in the West Division at a 5-7 and seven record while the Alouettes despite a two-game win streak, uh, kind of fell apart this past week and uh, lost the game to BC and fell to 3-9 and nine and sit at the bottom of their division. So two teams trying to climb out of the bottom of their divisions here. Uh, should be an interesting matchup at quarterback. 
Uh, you know, there's been quarterback drama for both teams. You have the whole Matt Nichols situation, him not playing well, and people wanting to see Chris Strebler uh, here in Winnipeg. And, well, the Bombers are still going back to Matt Nichols again this week, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. I'm still kind of on the fence in that sense, but I do certainly... I'm, in, I'm not surprised whatsoever that Mike O'Shea has gone back to Matt Nichols as his quarterback. And on the Montreal side, yes, Johnny Football gets what he wants uh, after complaining last week about losing his starting job due to injury. Uh, he is back as the starter this week after a lackluster performance from Antonio Pipkin, which saw him throw four interceptions, including two late pick sixes this past week against the BC Lions. So... Johnny Manziel versus Matt Nichols. Boy, uh, you, you, could you think of a more dramatic quarterback matchup right now based on, you know, all the talk around these two teams? And we'll, I'm interested to see, you know, who's going to come out and perform. And uh, as I'll get into a little, a little later on with Tim Capper, uh, which one has the shorter leash? A question brought up by Milt Stiegel earlier today on Twitter. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. In terms of my pick in this game uh, and Mike's pick, we're both going with the Bombers. Now, I certainly don't think this is going to be as big of a blowout as that 56-10 win back in Week 2, but I, I th and I think it's going to be a closer game. I just have the Bombers coming out slightly on, on top here. Um, that being said, I could see it going either way. I like what Montreal's done defensively lately. I'm sure Johnny Football is going to be fired up to get back out there uh, and prove, you know, that he earns or deserves this starting job. That being said, I think Matt Nichols has a lot on the line here as well. I think we're in for an interesting game Friday night. Um, you know, games between these two teams usually are. If it comes down to it, though, you know, which quarterback do I believe more in can turn things around? At this point, it's probably Matt Nichols, and uh, and if he doesn't, and if you get to halftime, and he's still struggling, don't be surprised to see Mike O'Shea put Chris Strebler in there, but I take the Bombers this week, uh, win a close one at home, as does Michael Garrell. Getting into the first game of the double, or of the triple header on Saturday, it has the Edmonton Eskimos going into Ottawa. The uh, the Eskimos had a bye week this past week, but before that was their big win over Calgary, in which Mike Riley put up six touchdowns, uh, three through the air, three on the ground. Ottawa comes off a game in which they surprised some people by uh, beating Saskatchewan this week and had some nice bounce back from their offense, certainly, which, you know, has been inconsistent at times this year, but really gets going against Saskatchewan, and they face Edmonton this week. Both clubs coming in at a 7-5 and five record, Ottawa first in the East, and Edmonton second in the West Division. In terms of picks in this game, this is one where Mike and I actually differ on. He has the Ottawa Red Blacks as his pick to win this game. Uh, I have the Edmonton Eskimos. You know, I these are two teams I've still been trying to figure out all season long. I, I It's been well documented here on the podcast. You know, I haven't been a fan of Edmonton's defense for a lot of the season. Offensively, at times, yes, Mike Riley is the greatest thing since sliced bread, uh, you know, but at the same time, we've seen times this year where their offense has struggled and they've tried to force a deep ball down the field on every play, and it just hasn't panned out for them. So I've been trying to figure them out. 
I've been trying to figure Ottawa out. You know, there looks like they've got a pretty strong defense there, but you never know which Trevor Harris you're going to get or if his offensive line is going to keep him up, upright because, again, he's he doesn't get scramble out of the pocket too terribly much. But at the end of the day, you know, Mike Riley, if he we're getting to the time of year where Mike Riley flourishes at his finest, and uh, he did that uh, in his game against Calgary before the bye week, and I think he'll do that again against Ottawa this week. So I, I've got the Eskimos winning this one. Uh, I think it could be a high-scoring game between these two teams because they have great offenses. Uh, but I, I have Edmonton coming out on top. Getting into the second game of the triple header on Saturday, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Toronto to face the Argos, with the big storyline obviously being Deron Carter playing against his former team this week. Uh, looks like Deron should be in the main lineup this week, and... Uh, and you know he's going to be fired up to face his former club. And if you haven't already done so, make sure make sure you go and check out the uh, the Piffles podcast this week, who had Deron Carter as uh, one of their guest players for their engaging with the enemy segment. Uh, interesting chat there with Deron about you know how things left uh, left off with him in Saskatchewan, how he ended up in Toronto. So make sure you check that out from the Piffles podcast uh, once you're done listening to this. Toronto comes off a bye week. They're at 3-8. and eight. They're still jockeying with the Alouettes for that third spot in the West, and obviously they're still fighting with the playoff or with the crossover spot as well because um, it looks like as of right now we're going to get a crossover. But Toronto's looking for a bit of a bounce back here against Saskatchewan. Uh, Saskatchewan's defense, you know, continues to impress and continue, you know, special teams. I think they put up two touchdowns this past week. It's just incredible what their defense and special teams can do in Saskatchewan. And that seems to be why Mike and I are both picking the Riders to win this week. Uh, I really like, I, you know, I keep wondering when is their defense finally going to let up? Because frankly, they've gotten very little offense in Saskatchewan all season long. The offense has been minimal. Um, and if that defense cracks, you know, I don't know if they can keep this up and win football games. But I do think that the the matchup of Toronto's offense against Saskatchewan's defense, I really like Saskatchewan's defense there. Um, you know, on a, on a young quarterback like McLeod Bethel-Thompson. So I've got the Riders winning this game this week, and uh, so does Mike. And then the final game of the week has the Hamilton Tiger Cats in BC. You know, BC is an interesting case here because... They got their first road win this past week in Montreal, but and uh, so they're one and five on the road. But at home at BC Place, they're four and one. Teams seem to struggle coming out to BC Place to face the Lions there, and uh, you know a long crossover here for Hamilton uh, to go from Ontario to BC uh, for the late game Saturday night. But uh, in terms of the clubs right now, question marks obviously with BC with the injury to Travis Lule. Jonathan Jennings hasn't looked too bad since he came back in, but uh, we will see how he performs against Hamilton defense that, you know, Hamilton's got a pretty strong pass defense. I'm interested to see if Jonathan Jennings can navigate that. And on the flip side, in recent weeks, BC has had arguably one of the best defenses in the CFL. They're piling up sacks, they're piling up turnovers. They have really come together as a defensive unit, and uh, we'll see 
We'll see what Jeremiah Mazzoli can make of that with, you know, the injuries he's got at wide receiver. He's got Luke Tasker, uh, Brandon Banks. We'll see if he's back this week. We'll see if Markway McDaniel gets into the lineup. Chad Owens, you know, those two guys they brought in recently. Um, in terms of picking this game, you know, BC's record at home is enticing. Uh, but right now, I just think Hamilton's the better football team. I love Hamilton's offense. Uh, I love their defense. Although, it looks like Alex Green injured his shoulder last week and uh, did might not play this week. It looks like John White could be getting the start at running back. But I, I still like Hamilton here. I'll take Hamilton by a close margin as Mike did, but at the same time, I would not be surprised to see the Lions pull out the win in this game. Before we get into our interview with Tim Capper, I should just mention uh, no CFL fantasy section, no fantasy fix on this episode of the podcast. Uh, it's been a hectic week so far. I haven't had a time to look into the CFL fantasy stuff at all before recording this early in the week, so uh, I'll try to post my fantasy picks on our Twitter page, at CFC on Mike FM, uh, closer to the end of the week here, but uh, no fantasy section on this episode of the podcast. So I apologize for that. But nonetheless, let's get into our interview here with Tim Capper of the Alouettes Flight Deck. Uh, was kind enough to join me earlier this evening to talk all things Alouettes so far, the quarterback situation, the matchup with the Bombers this week, and then uh, we got his take on the other games of week 15 as well. So Without further ado, here's my interview with Tim Capper. And now I'm pleased to be joined here on our Week 15 CFL preview by one of the hosts of the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast. It's Tim Capper. Welcome to the show, Tim. How are you this evening? Bonjour, bonjour. I'm doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot of French, but I believe that means hello. So, yes, uh, you're right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll I'll keep I'll keep it with the, with Canada's other official language. That's one thing you don't have to worry about. So appreciate it. I'll get my uh, I'll get my thesaurus, my dictionary yeah. out here, and uh, we'll be on our way. Yeah. Uh, so Tim is kind enough to join us this evening to talk about the Bombers and Alouettes Week 15 matchup. And well, boy, I sure wish we were uh, speaking about this matchup under better circumstances than we are, because well. Both our teams are last place in their respective divisions. The Alouettes at three and nine, the Bombers at five and seven, uh, last place in the divisions, but with something like six, seven weeks to go, not out of the playoff picture, I would dare say. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? Uh, what's your take on where things are at right now? Yeah, I actually agree with you. Um, obviously, with with the loss last week and what's ha- what happened with Antonio Pipkin just not not showing up. Um, I, I think the Owls are still in it. It's just a matter of the uh, the matter that they need to take advantage of the opportunities that they're given. And when you have a chance to go two points up on a on a you know on the Argos who are on a bye, and you don't, it, this it's just a, a string of things that have happened for the Alouettes over the past couple of years. So it's you know is it playoffs? Yeah, sure. Uh, Bombers, more specifically, probably yes. Um, yeah, I, I would think Bombers probably have a better chance of getting the playoffs than the Alouettes do, um, especially with the uh, with the rate that the the crossover is going over these past couple of years, where uh, it only seems that the West teams are taking advantage of the crossover. <laughs> yeah, you look at the standings. I mean, uh, I you know Montreal rallied off those two straight wins, and I 
I, I like to make bold predictions. So, yeah, I went out and said, you know, I didn't think it was out of the realm of possibility for them to host a home playoff game. Um, obviously, once I crunched the numbers a little further, that's virtually impossible because Ottawa and Hamilton are now running away with the division, so to say. I mean, they're barely above 500, but mm-hmm. um, still tied with Toronto at three wins apiece. But like you kind of said, you're not just competing with Toronto for that final playoff spot. You're competing with any one of four teams in the West Division, likely the Bombers and the BC Lions. And uh, you you had a good opportunity if you're the Alouettes. You know, you faced BC last week. You faced Winnipeg this week. uh, Win both of those, and they'd actually be in a playoff spot uh, after week 15. But nonetheless, they do lose to the Lions this past week. Promising start to the career of Antonio Pipkin. But uh, as they say, clock struck midnight. Uh, What happened this past week against BC? How did it fall apart? Uh, I I don't know what it was. It was just... It's very possible that a lot of, you know, I have heard a lot of people say that it may be that, you know, people finally have some, you know, some footage of him and what he can do. Um, I don't know. He just came off flat. He was not the same Antonio Pipkin that we've had over the past three weeks, and especially the one that we've had during the, the two-game winning streak. He seemed tentative. He seemed afraid to run. He didn't know the, 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 the routes that he was trying to throw to were almost impossible that some of the passes he was trying to do were like, I like he was trying to, he was trying to um, do his best Johnny Manziel imitation <laughs> from his very first, from his very, from Johnny's first start in CFL. Uh, it, it just, everything fell apart. And he even said that in his post game interview over and over and over again. He just said, I played a horrible game to just to, to paraphrase. So it's, you know, with the Alouettes having as many starting quarterbacks as they've had since AC went down. Right. Uh, you know, it looked promising. Uh, do I think that Pipkin should uh, be benched? Well, that's 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 a good question. That's a good question. There are pluses and minuses to that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, when, again, if you don't have a, a consistent starting quarterback in, the, in any football league you're not going to do well and unfortunately for the alouettes that's been their you know that that's been their kryptonite over the past three seasons yeah and and i've i've long talked about you know with each passing starting quarterback that's come through that you almost get a sense that if they just stuck with one of them through some of the growing pains you know you start to develop some consistency maybe things would start to pick up we see him rally off those two wins. We think that guy is Antonio Pipkin, but of course the one loss has everybody jumping off the bandwagon there again. And uh, now we're in this situation where Johnny Manziel gets his starting job back conveniently a week after he complains about not getting his starting job back. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming just from what I've seen from you on social media that you're, you're not a fan of Johnny starting this week. Uh, why is that? I just, you know what, I, it's just, just what you said. Sometimes, you know, if, if a quarterback gets hurt and, you know, all through pro football history, we've seen it. If a quarterback gets hurt and one does well, usually they'll stick with them. But, yes, if you're a, a vet, they'll go back and they'll let you have your, 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 your you know, your starting job back. But Just look at Matt Nichols here in Winnipeg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and there are many others. I mean, we could easily go, you know, with uh, – 
um, you know, Drew Bledsoe. There's a very good example of, of, of how things have changed. But that's that's another league, obviously. But um, I, I just think that with the way that Johnny did it, and people are saying that there are two different views to this, and it's what I want to I love to I would love to rant on this. It's just that, you know, basically to paraphrase what the rock says, know your role. Basically, it, it, you're a backup quarterback at the time. You're still getting paid. Quit complaining. I mean, yes, you're going to be out of your reported seven thousand uh, dollars per start. Uh, but still learn the game more. You think that you have more experience after two, after two games Pipkin, yes, he did only had five games under his belt in his career, but still, usually one quarterbacks have bad games. You know this. I think yeah. everybody in pro football knows this. You can have a bad game and rebound the next week. Um, I just think that the way that, that Menzel went about it was not right. Um, basically complaining in the media that, ah, oh, boo-hoo, I'm not getting any starting time, um, but I, and I'm ready to go. Well, good. It's good that you're ready to go. But again, you're still the backup. But again, I guess because what it's what they're paying him, I guess they can't bench him. So yeah, and, and you know, I don't discredit him, and I think it's very fair for him to you know come back from injury. You don't get your job back. Of course, you're going to be upset, right? Anyone would be upset by losing uh, losing their job, especially due to injury. But yeah. at the end of the day, you also still have to have the recognition that oh, there's a very valid reason why I lost my job. This guy's been playing better and he's been producing wins. Something's franchise has not done a lot of, I'm sorry to bring that up, uh, in recent times. But then again, if you want to talk championships, 1990. So uh, for the I know, Bombers. I know, so. I, know, I know, I get it. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, yeah, you just, you, you just look at the, the quarterbacks. And just in the, you know, just in the, the Bombers Owl series alone, since AC went down in 2013, you know, the starting quarterbacks for the Owls have been uh, Nieswander, Smith, Brink, Cato, Compton, Glenn, Durant, and just this year, Willie. And now we're going to have Manziel. That's not good over a uh, over a, a five-year span. Yeah, no, certainly not. Uh, I'm sure we had our fair share of bomber quarterbacks in that span as well, because until Matt Nichols, uh, we had Buck Pierce for a while, but then there was a rotation of quarterbacks in there as well, so... Uh, we, we feel your pain in Montreal, you know, near a couple years here in Winnipeg, now in Montreal. Conveniently, Joe Mack's a part of both eras, but, you know, uh, do I think Joe Mack has a lot to do with what's going on in Montreal now? Certainly not. Um, we, we talk about the quarterback position. Uh, another thing that's been under fire a lot this season has been the defense in Montreal. You, yeah. you had those couple weeks in a row where... It was 400 passing yards, you know, four, several 40-point weeks they gave up. Defense hasn't looked too bad in the past couple of weeks, has it? No, no, defense has actually looked very good, and it's one of the few bright spots over the past oh, got a month plus. Um, it, it just seems that they've come in their own. Um, you know, uh, John Bowman, man. I talked oh. to him uh, after the game last week when, when uh, Cliffy Day and I went on the field after the game. And all I said to him, I said, dude, you said you're a beast. Considering what you've gone through and what you're playing with, nobody can question, you know, can question you and how and how you're playing. Because if everybody played like he did, then I think, you know, the defense would be even stronger. But I think they, they rallied. They've rallied around the guys that they have and they've gotten something. But, um, 
yeah, it's, you know, hey, if the Owls, if the Owls don't give up 56 points this week, I'll be happy to, you know, <laughs> I'll be happy with that. So, but um, yeah, the defense has done quite well. And it, it's uh, it, now the offense needs to show up and show that there yeah, there are, are two parts to this team that want to play together in order to win, in order to, to take that next step. But um, yeah, the, the defense itself has been a, if I could give an, an MOP for the Owls this year, it would be the defense. <laughs> no yeah. particular player, but just the defense. Yeah, I hope John Bowman plays for another 20 years because I love watching him out on the field and what you all talked about there with him. Uh, it's almost like the offense and the defense can't get on the same page at the same time because, mm -hmm. well, in those two wins, I'd argue they did. But at times this year, you know, when the defense struggled for those couple weeks, the offense didn't play too bad, generated a couple chances there, but the defense just couldn't keep the score down and, and vice versa there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the team, you, you got to put a full 60 minutes of football together. And, and oh. that's something I think both teams, uh, both the, Alouettes and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have certainly struggled with in recent weeks uh, and kind of throughout the season. Getting into the matchup between these two teams, you mm -hmm. mentioned the 56 points earlier this year, week two, 56-10, Bombers take that one, and what was the Chris Strebler party? That's right. Um, things have changed quite a bit in Bomberville since then in terms of, you know, that was the high of highs, and now things seem to be at the low of lows. Uh, what's your take on the Bombers' quarterback position uh, with Matt Nichols and Chris Strebler? It's funny. You know, you look at what Strebler did, uh, you know, his first ever, uh, what was it, the first ever quarterback to make his very first start out of uh, out of college. Um, yeah, first one since Calvillo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, since Calvillo. And you know what? It's funny. Strebler sort of mimics sort of like what Pipkin did or, uh, just this past four weeks, uh, you know, did well and then did bad or did worse than didn't. But this, I don't know. I, I I'm just trying to look at the the quarterback situation. I I honestly think that the Bombers have a, a, their quarterback situation is a lot better than the Owls because you've had a a quarterback that's been there for a lot longer, has played a lot longer. So quarterback to me is as I said we were talking about before is you know it is. You have the quarterback that you need. He's played well. Sometimes you have bad games, but it's uh, either way. When it comes again, quarterback situation between the two teams, Bombers are way ahead of the Alouettes in every way, shape, or form. So it's, you know, what else can we say? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because you look at the quarterback matchup for this game, and you get Matt Nichols against Johnny Manziel. Yes, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, confirmed starter this week same yep. with matt nichols um I, I thought it was interesting milt stiegel actually brought this up on twitter a couple of hours ago this may be a crazy question based on their cfl resume but whose leash is shorter on friday night johnny manzel or matt nichols what do you oh, think oh uh, just again what i was mentioning before just by what manzel's being paid and what the what the team is claiming that they want to do in order to to right the ship when it comes to the owls and quarterback situation, uh, Manziel's not getting yanked. He, uh, so I think that answers the question right there. Manziel's yeah. not getting yanked at all because the, he will play through. Coach Sherman will do what he needs to do. He just seems that he's not. He really does not want to pull a quarterback out and bring somebody in if it's, unless it's really really necessary. And because of that situation, unfortunately, Matt Nichols, I think, has the shorter leash. But 
what will that, what would that leash entail though? You know, what would Nichols have to do or not do in order to be pulled? Well, I think he would uh, certainly have to repeat what he did in the Banjo Bowl against the Riders and that, you know, terrible passes go for two pick sixes of mm-hmm. 90 plus yards. I think that certainly constitutes it. But I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say because Mike O'Shea's always had a loyalty to his players you know the guys that are his guys he's going to give them all the opportunity we've seen him be stubborn and not pull matt nichols we saw him uh you know when matt nichols came in early in that season the struggles of drew willie when he was here in winnipeg we right. saw him still go to him over and over until eventually he made the change and all and well look at just look at the fact that the team improved once he finally made the change so you question that a little bit i do i think I think there is a leash on Matt Nichols in this game because the Bombers are at this point, you know, they've fallen to last place in the division. Uh, BC is starting to get on the rise a little bit here. I love what their defense is doing in BC. You know, and it's very tight West division. Mike O'Shea has to look at this as, you know, you got to win the football games here, especially ones that are where, again, you should probably win when facing the Montreal Alouettes. If things go south early on in this game, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chris Trevor come out uh, in the second half. Yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't either. But, you know, the good thing is with, with these two teams meeting as often as they did, we know when Winnipeg was in the East and stuff like that, these teams always do match up well, you know, well, well aside from the home game earlier this year. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, just go back to both games last year. Those were, yeah. uh, I, I'd say, two of the best football games of the year. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. And obviously, I think that for the Alouettes, obviously, the downfall was was the I said, obviously, it's a good game for you guys. It's just the the Owls blowing that 12 point lead, right. with, you know, with a minute 10 left. So it's but I mean, either way, the, they're almost 500 these teams together in their history, which is fantastic. So it's there's bound to be a good game. You know, Winnipeg has won the last four. They've also won the last, well, nine of 11 so it everything bodes well for the for for the bombers and just just because i i usually mention it on on the alouette's flight deck podcast i happen to look the bombers are actually favored by 10 and a half points yeah which i i was a little surprised to see that now i'm I'm not well versed in the area of odds makers but that that seems a bit extensive to me given that the team is on a four game losing streak and has had its fair share of struggles I actually, and I will always say whenever I think that that a point, you know, a point spread is a little bit too high, and I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. Um, I mean, it started off, I think, at nine, and it's gone up to ten and a half. Uh, it's peaked at eleven, from what I'm seeing here over on on five dimes. Um, maybe take away four points. I mean, I would, say, uh, you know, being at home, okay, give give the home field advantage. I would say anywhere between uh, between seven, between six and seven points, I think would be fair, but. You know what variables they use, man, to to determine this type of thing? Who the I, I, even I don't know. Uh, even you know they always seem to mimic each other. So it, it, all the different sites seem to mimic each other. So um, uh, yeah, it's high to me. It's high. <laughs> yeah, fully agree with that. Uh, offensive matchup. We've talked a little bit about the you know the quarterbacks. You like the Bombers' quarterback situation uh, a little better. Uh, do you like the offensive situation for the Bombers as a whole better, or do you think Montreal has some other edge? Wow, I, you know, each team has their own pluses, but you know, I think the problem with the Alouettes, and I, I don't know if you've seen this much when it comes to, I don't think you've really seen it with the Bombers this year, 
is that whenever the Owls seem to get even back by just a touch, they just seem to go away from the running game. And it doesn't matter really who's starting for the Alouettes, whether it be, you know, Terrell Sutton, who is currently hurt, uh, Stanbeck, uh, or uh, Ryder Stone. Each of them has seen to do well when they are given to chance. Um, and unfortunately, when it comes to the quarterback situation for the Owls, they have to, they should be leaning on it more because if your quarterbacks can't throw worth a lick and they can't get to any of our top notch receivers, like, you know, like uh, BJ Cunningham as an example, or, or Darius Bowman, or I mean, look, just the names that we have alone, uh, actually, you know, uh, Jackson and whatnot. Um, you know, the Owls deserve where they are ranked. In, in you know overall when it comes to their overall offense it, it's it's deserved so uh, you know overall you know to me bombers still i think the bombers would have uh, a slight edge i mean i mean look you guys have it your running game you can't yeah. you yeah. really <laughs> you know you really cannot can I, argue with that in any way shape or form i i do think terrell sutton is one of the most underrated players in the league I agree. Uh, but then again he is still injured so yeah i don't think you can argue that the bombers have the advantage in the run game right now and you, you talk about the alouettes going away from the run game a lot i i think everyone can learn from what from Hamilton over the last couple of years, because when CJ Gable was in Hamilton, they never used him enough, never. And then, you know, they ship out CJ Gable, Alex Green comes in, and it was like four or five straight games since he's come back. Alex Green has had out 15 or more carries, and the Ticats have been successful from it. It's amazing how much your offense can improve when you actually run the football, which is definitely something that I, I think every team in the league should do. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do too. I mean, it's, the, the, you know, yeah, everybody will say the CFL is a passing game. Well, while that's true, but you also have there has to be a, a, you know, there has to be some other way in order to move the ball. Right. And it's, yeah, it's you got to be able to you got to be able to to do stuff. So and I, uh, it's again, bombers have the have the best chance I think when it comes to and have the the edge at the, with the running game, passing game. Uh, I, I you know. If anybody's listened to me on the podcast before, they'll know. I, I speak my mind. I don't hold anything back. I'm not a homer. I will say if I think the Owls are going to lose, I'll I'll say, you know what, they really don't have a shot. So, uh, On the defensive side of the ball, I think it's a little more of an interesting debate because both teams have had bright flashes and both teams have had, you know, oh, yeah. struggles this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would, as of right now, actually go and say I think the Alouette's defense is better just on the way they've played in recent weeks. Uh, what is your take on the defensive matchup? Oh, I do too. And, you know, I, it's, you know, Chip Cox has done what he, what he's done, what he's been able to do since he's come back and since he's come out of his retirement or semi-retirement or whatever the, whatever the heck he was, he was doing. <laughs> Um, Hinakawamba, what monster. Wow. It's probably one of the guys that, that we can think of if, all year. If, we, if I were to give, I know I said before, give the MOP to the defense, but if I were to name one in particular, it'd be him. Um, the main thing for the defense though, is that what the Alouettes have been doing for most of the year is that if you have the defense on the field for more than 35 minutes, they're in trouble. They really are in the prime. That's where the offense comes in. So if you know if the Owls are going are to be on the f- uh, defense is going to be on the field for for like thirty five to thirty five to thirty seven minutes, they're in trouble. But I think they've done well over the past couple of weeks, where it's been almost roughly even. Less you know what happened last week with BC, but right. Um, yeah, defense wise, you know, I probably would give this. You know, hey, I'm giving the Owls the edge on something. All right, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd, uh, I agree with everything you said there. And then we look at the special team side of the ball quickly. Uh, who do you give an edge to there? You got Justin Medlock, you got Boris Beatty, Bede. Yeah, what's, the, yeah. what's the correct way to pronounce it? It's it's Bede. Bede? Okay. Bede, yeah. yeah. Word something finally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, it, it's tough. You know, Boris is, by the way, I mean, kick what kicking uh kickoff this year absolute monster i think he's averaging somewhere like between uh, 79 and 82 yards on on a kickoff which is which is crazy uh punting is still not back to 100 percent uh sometimes i find that he will he'll he'll kick take those punts and put them out of bounds and then we'll get the you know the the legal kick penalty because he you know kicks them out on the fly uh you know outside of the outside of the 20 so um Medlock is still no. They, you know, I would almost call us a push. I really would because, um, kick wise, yeah, I think it'd be a push. Alouettes, I think they're really not sure yet when it comes to return guys yet, especially uh, with the injuries that we've had. So it could be Ryder Stone. It could be it could be almost anybody that we're right. having uh, as our as our punt returner and our kick returner. But um, yeah, I'd probably give you know as I said, probably give it a push either way. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. Uh, overall, take on how the game's going to go and uh, your pick to win. Okay, now we usually don't make picks on the show. We really don't. But <laughs> I, I, I think that, really, the Menzel, first and foremost, ha- cannot play like he did in his very first game. He needs to play like he did versus the Ottawa Red Blacks, less the concussion. Um, the Owls need to get some cannot really they, they can't rely on their defense for the entire game because if they do they're going to get blown out they need to score themselves and that's the problem for the alouettes the entire season so i mean when you have scored the most points you scored in the season is 20 i think it's 25 then you know that there's an issue you know this is the cfl you don't just score 25 points you score more i mean look at look what the other team scored this past week right yeah um 10 as i said Six and six and a half to seven points uh, that Winnipeg is favored by. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's I think that's fair, and I, I think just by that alone, I think I think you can see what my choice is. I say, I don't right. do I don't do scores. I don't do scores. Oh no no yeah I, I yeah. don't I don't attempt to do the scores yeah. either. There's, <laughs> there's always an errant rouge in there that's gonna that's oh, gonna God. mess it all up. Yeah, oh, that damn rouge. You know, <laughs> hey, don't say that uh, Doctor Rouge is gonna come after you. Yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's it. They would have to play a perfect game. They would have to play a perfect game for the Alouettes to win this, and, and Manzo would have to go go off. Um, but yeah, I, I'm giving I'm giving the I'm giving the Bombers the uh, the win on this one. I think. Yeah, I, I think the Bombers are obviously going to be pissed off with what's happened lately and coming off a of bye week. I'm sure Matt Nichols was at the stadium at 3 a.m. every day <laughs> uh, compared to 4 a.m. or whatever he usually is. Um, I think this game is going to be a heck of a lot closer than the 56-10 we had in week two. I still take the Bombers as well, but I could definitely see the Alouettes pulling out a win in this game. Yeah, my question to you is, by the way, you're talking about the bye week because the Alouettes just came off theirs and played like total garbage. Uh, how? How? I, I don't have it in front of me because you know I don't know the Bombers as well as you do. But I mean, what are the Bombers coming off of a bye week? Are they over 500? Or are they under 500? I have, I have no clue. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, that I don't know off the top of my head either. I know they're certainly not. I, they're certainly not Calgary levels. Oh yeah, no kidding. Um, 
but uh, I, I think I think they've been decent coming off a of bye week. But again, yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me on. Do you that see one. them being rusty though? Because as you mentioned, I forgot they were just coming off of a bye week. Do you see rust setting in? I know you said they're going to be mad coming off of a bye week, but uh, because of, of what happened in the banjo bowl. But what's uh, do you think that they'll be rusty coming out of, out of the gates? Can you rust any more than they did in the four weeks leading into the bye week? Uh, yeah, well, well yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. But, it's, you know, one of these teams has to make that charge. Yeah. That, that, and it starts this week. I would, I would hope that it was started for the Owls last week, but it has to start this week because, you know, when TSN starts saying it's the road to the Shaw Grey Cup. Right. You know it's the time to start moving, getting your butt in gear and and winning games to get you into one of those uh, coveted playoff spots. Yeah, it's final couple weeks of the season, and wins are a hot commodity. Everyone wants them. Everyone needs them. Uh, quickly get your take on the three other games this week, uh, who you predict to win these ones. Uh, Edmonton and Ottawa is the first of the Saturday triple header. First of all, do you like the triple headers? Well, I can actually... I think the triple headers are cool. I really, really do. But I, I can speak for the uh, C- I can speak for Steve Daniels, who's the CFL's head statistician. He hates them. I don't, bl- <laughs> I don't blame him because when you're going back to back to back like that, it right. can be a mental drain. But no, no, I love it. It's in a way, it's sort of like what the NFL does too on Sundays. I mean, it is a back to back to back, so to speak. Right. But uh, no, I, I love having triple headers. I, I think they're really fun. I, I really do because it's you know what. It's a Saturday. You just sit on the couch, do what you need to do, especially if your team's not playing on Friday or, or Thursday, and just enjoy the games. So I think they're, yeah, I love them. I love yeah, them. I really do. They're always better when your team's not playing in them. We had the last one a couple weeks ago, uh, or I guess last week. Uh, the Banjo Bowl was the middle game of the week, so on the way to the stadium, you missed the end of the first game and you missed the start of the second game. But nonetheless, nine straight hours of football. What more could you want in life? And it kicks off this week with uh, Edmonton and Ottawa in Ottawa. How do you see that one going? That was interesting. That really is. Um, yeah, I think I think Ottawa uh, winning last week was a huge surprise to a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. where they won and how they won. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Edmonton, man, you really can't go against Riley. You really can't. And so I'm. I, I would probably give Edmonton a uh, Edmonton a slight edge in the, uh, the the first game on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I've been up and down on Mike Riley and the Eskimos uh, all season long, uh, and especially their defense. But I don't think there's any denying what Mike Riley did in that game against Calgary, where he put up six touchdowns. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment from you. Uh, and then on the middle game has the Riders going into Toronto. To face, guess who? Deron Carter playing against his former team here. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you see this game going? Uh, was there was there ever a, a, a Shakespeare where Macbeth dies? <laughs> so, because I, I think you know what, Saskatchewan. I, I've no, I, right away. I I don't think uh, I don't think Macbeth is there calling him in Toronto. I don't think he's gonna. He'll he'll keep them in the game, but I I still think Saskatchewan. Speaking of team, it's mad. I think they're gonna come in. I think they're gonna. I think they're going to hand it to Toronto. Can their defense keep this up in Saskatchewan, the number of points they score defensively and on special teams? Because I, I think I saw the stat the other day that 
They have something like 320 points on the season, and more certainly more than half of that has come from defense and special teams. Just trying to find it here. Uh, can they keep this up? I, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. You know, Chris Jones seems has gotten things together for the entire team. So it's, you know, uh, getting, I guess, getting rid, quote unquote, rid of Duran, uh, sending him to Toronto. Uh, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I mean, it's, you know, Saskatchewan, they may seem to be a streaky, sort of a bit up and down when you think they're going to beat somebody and they don't, but uh, they're always going to be in the game. But uh, I don't see why they won't. doesn't mean they're going to win the West, though. Right. So uh, I think they can keep it up. I, I said, I think that Toronto is going into this game uh, a little bit handicapped. Um, I guess you got you to keep Caleros upright, though. Caleros goes yeah. down, though. Mm, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I found the stat now from Quinn Magnuson. Uh, 70% of the riders points for this year are not from the offense. 303 on the season. 15 offensive touchdowns, and their defense and special teams has combined for 213 points. That's nuts. That's that's ridiculous. That's nuts. I was going to say, it sounds like old-school Alouette defense, but that's that's a long time ago. But still, that that's amazing. That's yeah. an amazing stat. Interest to see if they can keep that up. You seem to think they can. Uh, I, think I, keep so. wait, I keep waiting for them not to. But then again, we're, we're down. You know, we're at week 15, and, and, and the season's almost near the end, and they've still kept it up. So, yeah. Uh, and then the final game of the week has the Hamilton Tiger Cats in BC to face the Lions. How do you see that one going? Um, well, with Lule going down, I think they are they're, they're set okay at um, they're set okay at quarterback, as we saw as the Alouettes ended up seeing also last week. Uh, Hamilton, it's just about the Eastern teams coming out to the West Coast. They just don't seem to do really really well. But in this case. I, I think Hamilton is going to. Uh, I think they're going to eke out a win versus BC. Um, something tells me that uh, I think there may be. I think it's going to be another. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some sort of quarterback issue. I think is going to plague BC again this week, and they're they're really not going to know where to go go with it. So I think Hamilton will win this game. Well, just to wrap things up here, Tim, because we are running out of time. Uh, where can people find you on social media, and where can they find all of your work? Well, uh, if you want to listen to the Alouette's Flight Deck Podcast with myself and Cliffy D, uh, you can head, the best way is to head over to alouettesflightdeck.ca. That's where you can catch all of the uh, all the archive of all the shows that we've done. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter at alouettesfldeck. Or if you want to follow me on, on Twitter, the combination between CFL and all the other football leagues that I love to talk about and all my complaining about the Alouettes, it's <laughs> it's it's at repact r-e-p-p-a-c-t which for those that have the epiphany like i did is just your last name spelled backwards yeah, last name. At the end. yeah last name first initial correct, correct. <laughs> blew my mind when i figured <laughs> that out uh well tim thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast talk alouettes and bombers and everything this week uh, i hope you enjoy the game friday obviously we hope we enjoy the game a little better but you know <laughs> i always say every week they're not playing the bombers at this point i'm cheering for the alouettes i want to see them get out of that dark hole they've been in lately uh that two game win streak was exciting and i hope they get more down the stretch oh, i appreciate you having me on this week and uh you know, we can all be friends uh, as long, even it went, even right before kickoff. Three hours where we can be enemies. Hey, you know, it's sort of a trade-off. But you know what? When it comes to uh, being fans of the CFL, it, it's it's a good trade-off. 
Absolutely. Couldn't set, have said it better myself. Thanks, Tim, for joining us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. And that was Tim Capper of the Alouettes Flight Deck Podcast joining us here on the Canadian Football Countdown to talk Alouettes, uh, all things going on in Montreal and their matchup with the Bombers this week. Um, so thanks again to Tim for joining us for that. It was a lot of fun chatting with him earlier this evening. Well, that does it for this episode of the podcast. As I mentioned earlier, no fantasy section this week, and uh, we'll hope to maybe get that back next week. But things are a little hectic right now uh, for myself scheduling-wise, so I'll still continue to try my best to get this preview out this week, It just or every week, I should say. It just might be a little bit shorter like it was this week in terms of you know content from myself, but still hoping to get that weekly interview in there for you guys. Uh, well, that does it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, follow us and like and subscribe and all of that fun stuff on all of their podcast platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, if you want a different one, uh, if you're not happy with the one you're listening on, just let us know and I'll try to get it on a different podcast platform for you. Uh, follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter at CFC on Mike FM. Especially stay tuned to our Twitter for a uh, contest coming up soon. We have another game key to give away for Maximum Football 2018 uh, for the PlayStation 4 version. So stay tuned to our Twitter page for that uh, in the next week or so. And we'll have another contest and give away a free copy of the game to you. Uh, And then next week as well, we should be back to our regular schedule Uh, Mike should be back uh, with the weekly recap, and I will hopefully have another weekly preview for you again next week. Uh, The Canadian Football Countdown, as I mentioned earlier, is a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Check out all the other CF Pod Network shows at CF Pod Network on Twitter and cfpodnetwork.ca. That does it for today. Enjoy the games this week, everyone. Enjoy the triple header on Saturday and, of course, the Bomber game Friday night. Uh, It should be a lot of fun this week in the CFL. Hope you enjoy it all. Thanks again for listening, as always, and have a wonderful week. Bye.